I believe that we are here to expand our experience of love and expand our experience of understanding the world through our heart. And so when grief comes, it shatters that energetic heart. And that is on purpose. For when we take care and tend to and mend all of the pieces of that energetic heart and put it back together, which is the healing process of being with our grief, being with the loss, sitting with the feelings, allowing them to be, when we on purpose and take care to put those pieces back together, what we find in turn is that our energetic heart strengthens. Connection is at the heart of Seek the Joy podcast. And over the last two years through this series, Lessons In, we've had incredible conversations that focus on the moments in our lives that shape us. From exploring conversations around resiliency, self-love, finding our path, forgiveness, shifting our mindset, and so much more, this series continues to explore the joys we can find through these experiences and the connection and community we can create through sharing our reflections. It's an incredible, open, and honest look at the moments in our lives that impact us, inspire us, bring us together, and build greater connection. Every episode, including the one you're going to hear today, features a conversation that will leave you feeling inspired, motivated, and get you thinking about the moments in your life and the lessons that they've taught you. Every moment spent in connection changes who we are for the better, so let's dive right back in. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons In from Seek the Joy Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. Happy another episode in our series, Lessons In. You know, over the last two years, I feel like we've been talking a lot more about grief and its connection to joy on the podcast. And so when Deborah Driscoll, who's our guest today, when we connected, it just made so much sense to have a conversation with her about grief really as this opportunity for expansion and magic and joy and healing and love and connection. Because when we think about grief, we often don't think about it this way. And Deborah is so wonderful. I think you're going to not only love her, love this conversation, but also really connect with her in her story. She has such a far and wide range of expertise. She's an, a Reiki master, a TCM practitioner, meditation and intuition teacher, grief guide, oracle and energy reader, and master storyteller. And Deborah really believes that we all have magic within us. And by accessing our own magic, we activate our ability to be the best healers and teachers for ourselves and for others. And so using intuitive guidance, spiritual practice, and storytelling, she really helps people tap into their magic so they can heal, transform, and expand. And in this conversation, Deborah really shares how our big life loss, and that can look like anything, opens the pathway to big life magic, how we can be with our loss in the different chapters in our grief journey, and the promise that she made to herself to not deny her own experience of grief. Plus, we dive into why every lesson and challenge, because there are so many that stems from grief, really strengthens the energetic heart and expands our capacity for love, joy, and magic why death comes bearing gifts and grief and joy as soulmates. Deborah's reflections, her honesty and vulnerability will, I just know, leave you feeling inspired, but also remind you that we can't choose what emotions we want to experience, but learning to be in relationship with your grief 
brings tremendous gifts and opportunities. Even if, and Deborah says this so beautifully, they're pretty tricky to unwrap. Now more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work, or friendship dynamics or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash seekthejoy. The link will also be included in our show notes. As always, I cannot wait to hear what you think about this one. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. If you haven't already, leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Take a screenshot of your review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I'll send you something to say thank you. And it's just such a wonderful way for us to connect outside of the show. Gosh, what else? I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. This keeps happening to me at the end of these intros. But, you know, overall, I think the message in this one is really powerful. And it's a beautiful reminder that every loss or challenge offers a lesson and an opportunity to grow and connect and stretch and strengthen our resilience and our capacity for love. And I just know you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's dive into this one. Lessons in grief as an opportunity for expansion, magic, and joy with Deborah Driscoll. You've done such beautiful work in the realms of grief and recognizing um, that we really all have this magic within us. And through your work, you so beautifully, I think, invite people um, into bringing their own big life magic into who they are and what they do. And so could we start off maybe by talking about um, what inspired you to work with with others in this way? I I think that might be a really good place to start. Absolutely. I mean, I've always been magic curious, like from when I was younger and then, you know, in my later teens when I had my first deck of oracle cards and I've always been curious about what's possible, what is, how can I look at this in a different way and explored lots of different modalities, you know, all the way from aromatherapy when it was new in the 90s Hmm. to tarot cards and 
different healing modalities and natural medicine modalities. So there's always been a deep curiosity in me and also worked in sharing that with others in different ways, whether that being like teaching the Reiki classes that I teach, which I love, or working in clinical practice with people. But really the work I'm doing now, Sydney, was actually it has been born out of my own curiosity around what is possible in the realm of magic and spiritual practice, particularly when we hit a big life loss. Hmm. So when life is not going your way, when the soul is shaking, the heart is broken, how can we then be supported in whether it's spiritual practice or magic or our belief in our own spirit or universal support? And so it was that curiosity that has really shaped the work that I'm doing now, which is, Mm. you know, this work around how can we be with our big life loss and how is that actually a pathway into our big life magic? Mm. Yeah. So it's been a deeply personal journey. Deeply personal. It's so interesting what you said. You've always been magic curious. And right now it's about this curiosity around what is possible um, for us when we face big life loss. And so much of that to me feels like the opportunities for growth and expansion and curiosity and connection and community and love and maybe even joy that comes as a result, right, of that big life loss. And um, I I would love that we could talk a little bit about how those life losses, those big losses, end up being this pathway to this magic, this big life magic that you're speaking of. Because I think for so many of us, that doesn't feel intuitive. Like my loss can lead to greater possibility and expansion. So I'd love if we could talk a little bit about that. You know, in this moment, what's happening for me is I'm sitting here going, which story do I tell? Because mm-hmm. there's various there's so many. stories which, which share this pathway. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to focus a little bit on the stories that I share in my memoir, A Series of Surrenders which chronicles the the unexpected death of the very first man I loved, my father and my son. Mm. And so when when Nick, my first love, and my father Colin passed away or died, I was 20 turning 21 and I knew nothing about death or grief. And the first death was my whole friendship group and everyone, we were all at university together and, and we all lost Nick. And then seven months later, my family lost my father. And so those two knocks of death, when I was 20 turning 21, really shaped my curiosity Mm. because what happened in that moment or in the moments around those deaths was I didn't have any idea how to be with a big life loss and nobody else around me seemed to have any idea and we were all affected. We all supported each other, absolutely, but there weren't really any processes. There was no guidebook. There was no way. And so, you know, I drank a lot of beer, Sydney, mm. and I smoked some joints. And I thought maybe if I journal and cry a bit in about a year, this should be okay. Because mm-hmm. that's what we kind of hear, you know, the first year sucks and then you'll be good. Yeah. And, yeah, that wasn't the case. <laughs> Surprise. There's more work to do. Yeah, within a couple of years, I found myself one morning and I couldn't get out of the shower. Mm. Like I was successful in a lot of ways. Looking at it from the outside, myself and a couple other colleagues graduated from university. 
with our theatre degrees. We were three amazing women with a theatre and education company that was going well and I was in a successful relationship and everything looked good from the outside but there was this one morning and I was just crouched in the shower crying and I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get into the day. I couldn't get out of the shower, which led me to, of course, seeking help. And I was shocked when the mental health practitioner said to me, oh, you, you're underneath a blanket of grief. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? That was a couple of years ago. That's not now. Mm-hmm. Isn't, it a, isn't it stress being a young entrepreneur? Isn't it any of these other things? And what I discovered was it was undigested grief. Mm. And so what happened in that moment is I made a promise to myself that if grief, if death and grief ever came knocking again, I would not deny. Little did I know that 18 years later there would be the unexpected death of my gorgeous son, Sage, who died one month shy of turning 11. And this is where my world really turned upside down, 180 completely, soul is shaking, heart is broken. And, again, I found myself unable to move. This time I was on my kitchen floor. It was three days after Sage had died and there was people milling through my house and in my garden. It was like the Australian version of sitting shipper mm-hmm. where everyone had come with food and wine and anything to help and, and essentially to be together. And it was in that moment that I had the memory of like, oh, I promised myself I wouldn't deny this. And what then seeded after that was this curiosity is everything that I have been learning. So because that that healing process of getting out of the shower and into that healing process was around, you know, studying aromatherapy, starting to learn more about energy, exploring different ways that we heal ourselves. And that that was the last 18 years of my life up until this point. And I was teaching it to other people. I was had, had a clinical practice where I was working with people. And then the curiosity came was, is this going to be enough? If I turn everything that I know onto myself, if I don't deny this and I step into this grief process, am I going to survive? Is there any possibility you can thrive mm-hmm. as a grieving mother? And what happens next? And it was that curiosity that got me off the kitchen floor and into the process, which is now almost nine years later. And it's been wild, wicked, wonderful. And I have absolutely found some magic. And I have found the gifts that grief teaches. And, it, and it's shaped who I am now. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that story. And I know you and I, when we connected the first time before we sat down to, to have this conversation, there was something that you said that I think, I think this is what you said, but it was something to the effect of every lesson, every uh, challenge that comes from grief, from the gift really of allowing yourself to sit in this grief and then allow yourself the even larger gift, I think, which is allowing yourself to heal through really interacting with whatever emotions and experiences really come, there's something that you said about how it strengthens our energetic heart. And that really stuck with me. And I'd love it if we could talk a little bit about that, because I don't know if anyone has ever framed it to me in that way. As I would love for you to share with with anyone that's listening, um, what that means or what that has meant for you. Yeah, this I think is one of the biggest gifts that I received. Mm -hmm. But there's something that I believe 
and I believe that death comes bearing gifts. And uh, that belief was seated in me because as a young 19, 20, 21-year-old, I was learning tarot, and the death card has this as a part of its interpretation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for years, I was like, I don't know about that. Is there any gifts? And, you know, Sydney, there are absolutely gifts. The tricky part is that they're hard to unwrap, Mm. really tricky gifts to unwrap but they're available to all of us. And this is a universal gift that death, or or not even death itself, but grief brings. And that when grief comes, it by function, by grief's amazing ability, it shatters our energetic heart. It actually gives us heartbreak. Like you can feel the heaviness on your chest when you have, you know, acute, chronic or deep grief. But in terms of the energetic heart, when I'm talking about the energetic heart, I'm talking about how we as humans and also as amazing energetic beings have these heart centres. And we are here, I think, I believe, that we are here to expand our experience of love and expand our experience of understanding the world through our heart. Mm -hmm. And so when grief comes, it shatters that energetic heart. And that is on purpose. For when we take care and tend to and mend all of the pieces of that energetic heart and put it back together, which is the healing process of being with our grief, being with the loss, sitting with the feelings, allowing them to be, when we on purpose and take care to put those pieces back together, what we find in turn is that our energetic heart strengthens. And the way you can understand this is when you when you do a workout with your muscles, so say you you know using some dumbbells, and then the next day your arm muscles are sore, which you're expecting because you did the workout the day before. What's actually happened in your muscle is that the muscle fibers have broken because of the workout, and in their healing of the muscle fibers coming back together, they strengthen, which gives us the big nice shapely arms, which is why we do the dumbbells in the first place. Same thing happens with our energetic heart. When it tears, when it breaks, if it shatters, the process of pulling them back together, if we do that in a healing way and over the time that it takes, those those energetic heart muscle fibres will come back together but they will come back stronger. Mm. So what we're actually doing in the process of being with our big life loss is we're giving ourselves the gift of strengthening our energetic heart, which means we have more resilience and a stronger heart, but it also means that that heart now has an expanded capacity for joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because I I think there are probably so many thought processes going through people's minds as they listen to this conversation. I'm sure there's a camp of people that are thinking, yes, like this totally resonates with me, you know, through breaking down those, those fibers is how we strengthen, we strengthen our ability to love for joy, for connection, um, for our capacity to really be here and be present, I think in this human experience. And then I can imagine there's a, another group camp of people thinking, yeah, 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 that sounds great. But like, what if I, I really feel like I am not up for this challenge. Like I am not. I, I do not have it with me I, in me. I don't have this bandwidth to say, oh yeah, like so much good is going to come from these challenging experiences. And, and 
it's this idea, I think of like actually surrendering to our grief is going to bring us more joy, bring us more connection. I'm curious if you have any tips or advice or words of encouragement, maybe for those who sit in that, that, that group of people saying, I, I can't do that. Like, I can't even imagine a world where so much beauty, there are so many gifts that come from such a challenging, heartbreaking time, you know, in my life. Thank you, Sydney, for bringing this forward for those people who are like, that's not my experience. Because I also want to say to them, that wasn't my experience in every moment either. And I think that's so important to share, right? Because often we think, we have to remember that this is not a linear experience. Yeah. You're going to zigzag. There are going to be highs and lows. Uh, yes. And it's not going to be consistently wonderful or consistently terrible. So thank you yeah. for saying that. Because I think yeah. that's such an yeah. important point too. You know, there's, there's chapters in my journey where it wasn't all love and light and I'm learning. It was like a whole heap of ugly tears and rivers of wine to mm-hmm. numb myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's in my, in my memoir, A Series of Surrenders, I am honest about all of the moments, the moments where I got a little thread of where my heart stitched back together and the moments where some of those stitches were really stretched and maybe breaking again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working with people, because I also, as well as working in the magic realm, I also support people as a grief guide. And when I'm working with people, the first question I always ask them is, how is your heart? because this work is about heart energy. And I also always, whether it's in magic or grief or any other chapter of your life, I give everybody and myself permission to be exactly who you are and how you're feeling in that moment. So if the day hurts, then surrender to that. The day hurts. But there's some days where, you know, my want to hug my son is so intense that, like, my body aches. And I can like go from a fine day to suddenly like overwhelmed with tears because I just miss him. And this is almost nine years later, mm-hmm. you know. And my yeah. discovery around, oh, the energetic heart and, oh, the capacity for more joy, that, that's like five years into my journey, Sydney. That's not like, and I learned that in the first year and we wrapped it up with a bow and we're mm-hmm. good to go. It's not that process at all. No. It does actually take time. And the other thing to know, I think, about these lessons, particularly these bigger life lessons around death or grief or our experience and our chasing or wanting to embrace joy is they're not stories that end. They're stories that evolve. So we never actually get to and done, close the book. It's just we just then move on to the next chapter of what we're learning next. That's been my experience, like, my experience has been that the grief doesn't go away. I, for the rest of this earthbound life, will be a mother who craves the hug of her son. And I will also be somebody who can inspire magic. And I will also be somebody who is in constant dance with my grief. And I will also be somebody who loves to love. Mm-hmm. So it's like yes and to all of those things. And for the people who... You know, in this moment, they're like, that's hard. I can't surrender to that. Because sometimes what keeps us away from the healing journey is we're not giving ourselves permission to actually feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with grief in particular, some people fear that if they feel it fully, they're going to fall down the rabbit hole and never come back out. 
Yes. I had that experience like more than once in the first couple of years. I was thinking, oh, my God, this is so intense. This pain is so exquisite. I am just going to spontaneously combust. Surely I can't survive this. But what happens is we also build our resilience with that as well. It's like you learn how to be with the bigger waves. But the first thing is, is just needing to learn to be in relationship with your grief rather than running away or denying or or any of the other ways that we create relationships with grief which aren't healing or helpful. Mm-hmm. It's this emotional aspect of grief and this the the deep fear that you just spoke so beautifully of, of if I allow myself to fully surrender to this, to the feelings I'm experiencing in this moment, will I ever be able to come out of it? And you have this beautiful short story called Grief Has a Soulmate that I had the pleasure of reading. And there's something that you say in this short story Um, and I wrote down the quote because I didn't want to butcher it, but it basically says, if all souls knew that saying yes to the full depth of grief would give them limitless joy, then surely they would all allow grief when she gently crashed in. And to me, that was so profound because it spoke of two things. One, this idea that our souls, we as humans in this physical plane, through this journey of life can expand through grief rather than shrink through grief, which I think is the, what you were just so beautifully speaking of this fear that we will shrink as opposed to expand through grief. And then on the other hand, it also speaks so beautifully to this fact that joy cannot exist without grief. Grief cannot exist without joy. Joy is such an essential part of this journey through exploring your life, these chapters and grief. And I don't know if I have a specific question around all this, but I just think it's such a a beautiful reminder. Maybe the question actually is, and and something for us to talk about is this relationship or connection between grief and joy that you touch on so beautifully in that short story. Yeah, and when I started to explore this relationship between grief and joy, that's where it felt like whole playgrounds of wonder opened Mm. up And again, it was a couple of years into my journey because my curiosity just kept deepening and deepening and I found myself down different tangents. Like I definitely felt like Alice in Wonderland in that I kept meeting characters and different healers and teachers and mentors along the way. And Frances Weller, who is an amazing, amazing man who teaches about grief, he speaks about the two hands of prayer and grief being one hand and joy being another and that they come together to create unity and that they're also the extremes of the human heart. Mm. And it's the same. There's also the prayer of one hand is love and the other hand is fear and they come together. So it's like these emotions that they have. To me, I started to see them as they they have a soulmate and that they're, they're drawn together. Grief and joy are drawn together. And what, what we know about our experience of how we process and be with our emotions and our emotional landscape is we can't choose what emotions we want and what emotions we don't want. So if we decide, actually, I don't want grief, I'm just going to minimise that or I'm going to ignore that, what we're doing is not just ignoring grief, but we're actually minimizing our experience of all emotions. Mm-hmm. So we actually numb ourselves, we, we numb our capacity. 
And so when we surrender to grief and when we're with grief and, and, and allow ourselves to heal our energetic hearts, allow ourselves to feel the exquisite pain that grief brings and all of the different lessons and gifts that are there, there's some that are universal, there's some that are very personal, what we are doing is we're actually expanding mm-hmm. the full colour kaleidoscope of all of our emotional landscape. And in particular, when, when we're working with grief, we are actually creating a pathway to our joy because of their soulmate relationship in our energetic heart of being the more you can be with your grief, the more you can be with your joy. The more space you make for grief, the more space you've made for joy. Mm-hmm. I think it's so beautiful and I don't know if we often think about grief and joy as having that sort of soulmate relationship that you just so beautifully explored and shared with us. And and I think for so many, the concept or the the thought that we couldn't experience joy again after such a big life loss, I think often feels so daunting. And I think what has been so instrumental for me in my own grief journey over the last, I guess, two years is remembering that there will be joy again, the same way remembering grief will show up again. Some mornings you wake up and it's more difficult than others as you've so beautifully shared, but also recognizing this element of our emotions or how we feel to be temporary has been so powerful for me too. And recognizing that nothing, nothing stays the same. Nothing, you won't be in that state or in that emotion forever or feeling that level of what may feel extreme to you in that moment um, forever. But recognizing too that if you deny your grief, if you deny those more quote unquote difficult emotions, then there isn't a space for that joy to come through. And I'm curious because I think joy shows up in our journey so differently in our journey with grief, it shows up so differently. I'd love for you to share maybe how you started to find your joy again through the different big life losses that you've had. And the joy, you know, it came in little moments and then in layers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a big part of the, the turning around for me was in the deeper surrender to the grief was also understanding that there were some apologies that I needed to make to some mm-hmm. people that maybe I had you know, lost relationship with or denied pieces of my heart to because of my journey with grief. And so there was a there was a real kind of coming back to self. And then once I felt like I was back to self in a way that felt sustainable, I started to explore a couple of things. My curiosity shifted, not so much with can I can I survive this grief? Because I had you know, this is like about three years in now and I was like, okay, I figured out how to be with this. I know I have a relationship with grief that's going to continue and I'm also in now the relationship where, for me, I see grief as as a beautiful big angel with big black wings and mm-hmm. I can sit in her lap and her wings come and, and hold me when I need her. Like I see her as one of my teachers. Now, that took me about three years to, to, mm-hmm. to surrender to that point. Yeah. And then what came after that was... And how can I give back? Mm. How can I share? Who can, who can I be now in this new way, in this new vibration? And, a, and a, a part that surprisingly brought me joy was starting to share my story. 
mm-hmm. and sta- sharing stories and starting to write about it because what I found in that was people were reflecting back to me how much they needed to read that story or be in the listening for that story because one of the, the, the truths about our, our, and I'll say Western world because I don't believe it's for the whole world, our Western developed world is that we're actually quite grief illiterate. Mm-hmm. We don't like to have conversations about it. There's not a lot, yeah. lot of space for it. And so it actually brought me joy to be somebody who I was going to turn up for that conversation. I was going to write that blog post about it. I was going to be the person standing on a stage at a live event speaking about it. And it actually, that was bringing me joy because I was seeing the change and the transformation in the people who were in the receiving of that. And so then it felt like, oh, now there's a bigger purpose behind this journey that I've been on for years. There's a bigger purpose. And then now, absolutely, that continues to evolve. But a lot of my joy now, Sydney, is in finding people who are magic curious and and seeing in them the moment when they have that moment when the internal light goes on and they realise, oh, I'm magical. Mm -hmm. That brings me outrageous amounts of joy right now for my grief work has in its own way evolved and transformed to I do more work now in connecting people to their to their spirit and to their magic than than the grief guidance work that I do which has been a natural evolution yeah so a lot of my joy now is within the the big life magic makers community that has developed over the last couple of years and seeing these people turn up with their own curiosities Mm. and their curiosities about the magic within themselves. If someone is listening to this and they're feeling magic curious, as uh, as you've described that you were when you really embarked on this journey for yourself, where is a good place to start? I think both in just being, you know, magic curious in general, but also um, maybe exploring this journey for themselves as it pertains to grief. And, you know, I feel like this entire conversation has really been there's been a theme about surrendering to grief and how doing so allows greater magic to show up in your life. And so if someone is feeling curious about all of this, where, where do you usually recommend that people start on this journey? It's lots of different ways. And what I, what I actually encourage my community to do is I say often choose your own adventure. Hmm. Like stay connected to your own magic, choose your own. Because when I was a kid, I used to love those books. I don't know if you read those books. Yeah. choose your own adventure books mm-hmm. and love it and so I'm recommending to my community members often stay connected to your own magic your own curiosity and choose your own adventure and there's there's different pathways in the adventure one might be exploring meditation and I, I recommend people explore um, guided meditation as a way to to invite their intuition and their imagination to begin to play. That's what guided meditation gives. So I invite people to just start playing in that. But there's some people who are like, yeah, meditation doesn't work for me, which is fine. It's not really for everybody. So I say choose a different adventure, which might be you might want to get some angel cards or some oracle cards and start to reflect on the lessons within those cards and start to have a relationship with that because that will give you a relationship to your own magic and 
and curiosity because anytime we're using cards, they're a mirror reflection of what's within us. Mm. Or I also do a lot of work with the moon. You can just begin to connect with the moon and at new moon create your new moon intention. What do I want for this lunar cycle? And then at full moon see underneath the cosmic spotlight, what can I see now that the moon is full? So these are the different ways that I work with people in the community, whether it's, you know, connecting to your own intuition, meditating, working with oracle cards, connecting with the moon, exploring. There's so many teachers who talk about um, deepening or or connecting to your intuition or um, ways that we can manifest. There's there's so many adventures you could go on Mm -hmm. in the healing and magic curious realm. So... I think if you are connected to your own magic and trusting yourself, your magic will lead you to the teachers and the community and and the different tools that are going to actually be supportive for you because we all turn up in our own unique ways in magics. You know, for some people, they're not really into the cards. For some people, they love working with the cards. Mm -hmm. like, Choose your own way, but first, the first thing first is believe that you are magical. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's about recognizing and honoring that there are so many possibilities and so many paths that you can go on. And I love what you said; it's choose your own adventure. And I think just recognizing and validating that is is huge. I, I've so enjoyed this conversation and our time together. I think. To close this one out, I'd love to ask you the question I, I really ask everyone that comes on Seek the Joy podcast, um, and that is, what is your biggest dream? Well, only one. <laughs> I mean, maybe the first one that yeah. comes to mind. I imagine there's so many. Yeah. 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 So um, I have the delight and privilege of living on the island of Tobago. Mm. Yeah, I um have had a relationship with Tobago for the last four years. This is where I met my husband. This is where I now live. And we have a dream of building the Big Life Magic Retreat Centre where people will come here to Tobago to experience the beautiful, amazing nature here and work with us around just being with nature and being with their own magic, going on magical adventures around the island with us. And a part of that dream is to actually have a space within the retreat centre that is is the cottage of care, which is where people can come if they are experiencing grief, they can come and spend time in the cottage and they don't have to do any particular adventure, they don't have to join a group in anything, but they can just be on a beautiful tropical island supported by us to be with their grief and this is a huge part of my dream about wanting to have this this healing and magic space is having this this space also for the grief because in the first year of my after my son's death, I was gifted by people in my life three places to retreat to. Hmm. And I swear they saved my soul. And so I want to give that back to the world is to have a place where, you know, like set it up like a foundation. People can donate to support somebody else to be with their grief and then also on top of that at the retreat center we'll have lots of magical adventures and lots of amazing healers and teachers who work with us and everyone then can delight in the amazing beauty of the island of Tobago beautiful 
Beautiful. Oh my gosh. It goes back to something you said uh, in our conversation about how can I give back? How can mm-hmm. I share what I've learned and and support and and help others in their grief journey, in this journey towards, um, I think really recognizing that big loss, big life loss, as you share, can lead to this big life magic and recognizing your own magic within. So Deborah, thank you so much for such a wonderful conversation. Where where can everybody find you, connect, check out your mem- memoir? I know that's coming out this year, right? Where, where can they I find the you? The memoir in- is out. Oh, this wonderful. Year writing the second book. That's right. Okay, so where can everybody find you and, and connect and, and dive in? So biglifemagic.com is like the go-to website with all of the links and everything that you would want to find. But if you're wanting to actually interact with the community, there's one of three ways you can do that. One is I have a Facebook group where I teach twice a week. There's also I um, have a YouTube channel that only just started this month where I upload different magic activations and guided meditations. And every month I have a new moon circle that's open to anyone to arrive at. Um, So there's any of those ways that they're open and free and available um, always for people to arrive at. And for the people who are magic curious and ready to dive in with the Big Life Magic Makers community, that's in the Big Life Magic Makers membership. And that information you can find on the Big Life Magic website. Perfect. Everything will go in our show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to find you, connect and dive in and, and be part of this. And thank you so much again mm. for, for this conversation. There's so many beautiful nuggets of wisdom uh, throughout this one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it. Yeah. Thank you, Sydney. And thank you for inviting the joy. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.